Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Cameron. Nicole. Here, uh, well, com- I should have said and Nicole. And my co-host, Nicole, your favorite married duo that takes you to the unknown. Uh, today, we're doing... <laughs> Today we're doing one of our favorite categories. We, uh, well, by we, Nicole perused the interwebs, Reddit for some scary stories, mostly ghostly, some monstery, mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're just gonna read some true uh, scary stories from you, and we can decide, well, quote unquote, true, quote unquote. We're, we can decide whether one they're scary or not, and two whether we think they're real. Reddit or real? Reddit real or not? Take two. Uh, Nicole, kick it off with your first scary story. Okay, so the title of this one is called Riverside Inn. This is a true story, and I am an amateur, so forgive the less climatic story telling that more literary savvy Redditors often tell. I've had a few strange encounters in my life, and each of them I'll never forget. I'm glad to have found a place to share them. This is one of the first. Over a decade ago, I had graduated from high school. I was about to start college and spent my summer working as a waitress at Riverside Inn. Riverside Inn was one of two restaurants in a very small town. It wasn't much of an inn, although there were some rooms for rent upstairs. Mostly men would stay there who were separated from their wives or down on their luck and and in between houses. This is sad. Okay. (laughs) Nobody ever visited this town. There was no reason to do so. A friend of mine, Emily, also a waitress there, told me when I started that the place was haunted. I sort of brushed it off. Small towns always tell their local ghost stories. The basement was so creepy. Emily wouldn't go down there by herself, even though that's where paper supplies and other waitress necessities were stored. We usually would go down together for these things. Even as a pair, we wouldn't stay down there for very long. It always felt like someone else was there. Hey, I'm watching you. Oh, God. I uh, I worked in one of those places. I had a scary basement I wasn't big on going down into. Was that when you worked at the theater? Sure was. Mm. After a few weeks of working, I was closing up one night. The customers had left, the restaurant was locked up, and I was at the sink washing the dishes. As I turned my head, I saw a man standing over my left shoulder staring at me. He was wearing black pants, a white dress shirt, and a black hat. I will never forget this image. I jumped and turned my entire body around and he was gone. I screamed and ran over to the other side of the kitchen where the closing cook, Deb, was cleaning her station. What is it? Deb asked, and I could barely catch my breath. I just saw a man staring at me. I could hardly form a sentence because I was so afraid. Was he wearing a white shirt and a black hat? Deb asked. And I said, he was. She said, oh, that's just George. He likes to watch us. He won't hurt you. I left the rest of the dishes over for the morning crew and left. A few days had passed and things seemed as normal as they always have been. Slightly unnerving, but hectic dinner rush was a good distraction for the uneasing feeling of the inn. After a busy night, I bust and reset all the tables. No busboys or other waitstaff were there. I went back into the kitchen to do more cleanup. When I came back to the dining room, all the silverware was moved into the tables. It was still on the tables, just out of place. So I had to go back and rearrange it all, which was very annoying. I looked down the hall and the bartender was still talking to the same two bar guests and the doors of the restaurant were still locked when I checked on them. I was confused, but reset the tables and didn't mention it. Emily worked a few nights later and had the same experience with all the silverware. Fast forward later that week, or maybe the next weekend. Fall had begun. I had started school at a local college in the driving distance and the local home high school football game had come to an end. All the locals came to Riverside Inn to eat that night, and that was one of the busiest nights I had ever worked there. 
Emily was the only other waitress. When things quieted down, we cleaned the tables together. Emily began cleaning in the kitchen and I reset the dining room. I came back the, I came back to the kitchen and helped with the dishes. When Emily and I both had returned to the dining room, all the silverware was moved again. I'm not sure if it was my exhaustion from the night and the annoyance of having to reset the entire dining room again, or maybe it was a bit of confidence of having my friend by my side, but I yelled and I yelled so loudly, will you please stop moving the silverware? I can't take this shit anymore. And that was the last time the silverware was moved for the entire time I worked there. I didn't work there much longer, but some unexplainable things would happen in the time I was there. Bread would fly off the shelf, not fall, but fly across the room. Cooking spray would spray by itself, Pictures would randomly lift and bang on the wall. Nothing seemed angry or directed at anyone, just weird stuff. About a year after I quit, the Riverside Inn burned down. I wonder what happens to the energy that quote-unquote haunted the place. I sort of feel sorry for George and the watchful ghost and whoever else may have been there since the, their home was destroyed. Believable. I think this is a true story, whether or not it was actually haunted. Who's to say? You know, though, at your parents' house, we did have something fly off a shelf in the kitchen. I've definitely had spooky basements at works. I'm not. I think it was you were by yourself when you experienced that, right? You were upstairs. It's not like I was home alone. I was walking down some stairs and I witnessed something like a, a seasoning fly off the seasoning shelf, like into the kitchen. Creepy. Very creepy. You believe it? You believe that one? Yeah, I could believe that one. I believe that one. So stay away from or go to the Riverside well, Inn I mean, if you want to see a ghost. Go to that charred spot in the earth and <laughs> hold a seance if you want some ghost stuff. The next one, the true horror story about the man in my backyard. Oh. My name is Noah, and I'm 15. This story is based on true events encountered by my brother, who is currently 12, and me. This happened when I was 13. Me and my brother used to have a wardrobe filled with random costumes, from Spider-Man to Indiana Jones, etc. We would always dress up and roleplay in our backyard, which was basically a big square if you looked at it from above, and had a metal fence all around it. Anyways, on this particular day, I was dressed as Indy, and my brother was dressed as Woody from Toy Story. We were roleplaying as if I was captured and Woody needed to save me, or something like that, doesn't really matter. It was an autumn and the days started getting shorter and it turned dark really quickly. We were just about to jump from the window, surviving a massive explosion of dynamite behind us when I heard a whistle coming from somewhere around us. I was waiting for you to do that. We both heard it and kept looking around. Keep in mind that it was dark at the moment. After we looked around, seeing nothing, we heard another whistle. Over here, said the man that was leaning against the fence, staring at us with his eyes being red as if they were filled with blood. All right, I do not believe in this story a little bit, you know. Hmm. Now, me and my brother were both scared shitless when we saw him. He was a middle-aged man wearing a brown leather jacket, dirty jeans, and some really old white shoes. His hair was really long and greasy. My brother was really scared and held on to my arm. earlier today. Yeah, I was about to say that. It was kind of me earlier. Did I just scare some boys? I think you scared some children. I looked at the man and yelled, Get off our fence, mister. I'll call my dad. He looked at me with an angry... Okay, Millhouse, calm down. <laughs> he looked at me with an angry, frightened expression. It was what happened next that scared me for life. 
Only that's not at all what that sentence said. They, it was a jumble. I had to just make it make sense. Isn't that like crazy when you have to like kind of piece together words mm -hmm. for other people? Yep. Crazy. The man jumped over the fence and started walking towards us. My brother started crying and I screamed for help. I was also crying as the man picked up the pace and I led my brother with me to the other corner of the backyard. We both screamed as he got closer and closer. Why not run inside the house? For real, just go inside and lock the door. Until I heard my dad scream from the porch, Get the fuck away from my kids! That's what he yelled. My father was 5'2 at the time. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's not helping. I mean, I've and I've never seen him run so... Oh, I'm sorry. My father was 52 at the time. Oh, okay. And I'm, <laughs> That makes a little more sense. That... <laughs> I was like, wow, short man got, guy. got short a lot guy. of... And I've never seen him run so fast. He charged at the man and knocked him down. He started beating the man and didn't stop until he was knocked uh, until he was knocked out cold. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Maybe don't write this down for everybody. He then got up and ran over to, over towards us as my mom, grandparents, and my aunt and uncle ran outside in shock. Holy crap! Everyone was there. I guess the whole family lives together. As the man, as they saw the man lying in the grass. Our, our mom, okay, now they're saying mom, so now I've just, I should have been doing accent work this whole time. Our mom ran over to us and cried along with us, relieved that we weren't hurt. My uncle and grandpa held down the man as he tried to get up and run away, while my aunt called the police. After about five minutes, we heard the sirens. Three policemen came to the garden. Two of them picked up and led the man into the car, while the other policemen came over to us and said that we'll have to come to the police station to make a statement. We went to the police station, made the statement, and went back home. Our parents, my brother, and me slept in one bed together because we were all in shock. The next day, Detective B, we're using synon, uh, fake names here, okay. came to our door and we found out that the man was a serious sex offender. I'm so grateful that my brother and I weren't harmed, but I still don't know what would have happened if my family wasn't home. I don't even want to think about it. Fake. He had red eyes. There were weird supernatural parts of this, but in the end, he was just a What if he was pedo. just high, high off his ass? He could just have red eyes. Mm, they said blood red. They were making it seem like he was the devil. I'm not going to... I don't believe this one. This one seems like a weird pedo scare, scare story. Okay. I don't know about that one. I was like, what's touching my leg and it's you? It's me. Okay. So this one... So we don't believe that one. I don't. I don't know about you. I... I don't know. That one felt fake, and the writing was bad, and it was hard to interpret some of the shitty sentences. So there might be some uh, hatred being poured in there for me having to read that, but no, don't believe that one. Okay. First one, yes. That one, no. Okay. So this one's titled The Basement Door. We moved into a new house right after my 10th birthday. I am the second oldest of seven. At the time, there was only six of us. A lot of kids. When we moved in, my younger brother was incredibly scared of our basement. Every night he'd go to bed, he'd lock the basement door and the back door that's in the kitchen right next to each other. We were all making fun of him, like siblings do. After a couple years, I soon learned why. My next door neighbor ran a daycare. Our bus stop was about four blocks from our house and we walked with the daycare kids and had to leave by 7.15. My dad had to be at work by 7 a.m. So he'd wake us up before he left. Our older sister stayed at a friend's house, so this particular morning, my brother, Buddy, and I were only- Brother Buddy? I th yeah, she just wrote Brother Buddy, but I think she meant my brother, Buddy, and I were the only ones up in the house. Is he capital B? Is his name Buddy? Is it Bud? No, it just says my brother, 
okay. buddy. Just check. And I'll lower Clay. Okay. Lower okay. Be okay. Like, my checks. brother, my brother buddy. <laughs> you know? Anyways, my brother buddy and I were the only ones up in the house. We got around and we were in the kitchen to make our lunches for school. In the middle of making our lunch, we heard a knock. We both went to the back door thinking one of the kids was trying to scare us. We looked through the door windows and there was no one there. After a minute, we went back to making our lunches. A couple minutes later, we heard that knock again. At this point, we felt uneasy. We both went to the back door and still no one was there. This time we decided to wait. Suddenly we heard it again. We realized it wasn't our back door. It was the basement door. We both turned to our right, looking directly at the basement door when it started shaking. Someone was trying to open the door, and when they couldn't, they started pounding on it very aggressively. We screamed and ran to our mother's room. We woke our mom up, and she came downstairs angrily for waking her up. We waited at the top of the stairs for her to check the basement out. She was down there for a few minutes and called us down. There was nothing and no one. There was no way, other than the basement door from the kitchen, to get to the basement. Since the door was locked, we knew if it was a person, they would have been stuck down there. After that morning, we started making our lunches before going to bed to avoid the basement altogether. Smart. About a year later, my brother had a friend over and it happened again. I wasn't there to tell you that story, but now, 13 years later, it hasn't happened again. And yes, my family still lives in the house. Okay. That one's believable. Yeah, I believe in that one. Did Were you ever scared of your basement as a kid? Yeah, I felt there was a point where I where I felt uneasy, but also the basement. I mean, the house the house is old. We lived mm-hmm. in like a wood woodworker man's house, and he had like just a bunch of like weird tools and things and chisels. yeah, and like yeah, that's a, that's a scary basement for sure. Yeah, we he had, had like uh, he had like something like that was like installed. I remember it's probably about as big as this, like four or five foot desk, and it had like one of those things where you could like pin like a piece of wood in there and then like rotate something to like kind of like chisel things. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was scary. I get that. We had uh uh my my parents old basement, you've seen that. Mm-hmm. The basement itself wasn't scary, but there was a laundry room door that was like I feel like always open and just like blackness beyond that you couldn't oh, see in. Yeah, our basement was also very so, just dark. So that was the room. I was I was afraid of that room in the basement. So I would always have to sprint by that door and then mm-hmm. up the stairs as well. You couldn't slow down because then, you know, they grab your ankles. Right. All right. Let's That's see why I sleep here. with the covers over my feet because the night monsters grab your feet. You know, I used to be terrified of that. And not- I still cover my feet to this day. As I get older, I, you know, maybe it's just when I'm drunk. When I'm drunk, I'm so fearless about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I, just, I hang my feet off, put them under the bed. I don't even give a shit. I don't. Come get me. Scared. This one's called Scratching the Rubber. I swear it's not erotic. Me- I was going to say, is that a metaphor for no, something? I don't know. We're about to find out because we didn't. We, 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 you, sk- you skimmed over them, but we haven't read them too thoroughly. Yeah, that's true. When I was younger, like my sophomore year of high school, we were night owls during the summer, typically having a full house of our friends on any given day. We used to play this game that for some reason we called Spy as kids. And we were just trying to explain. Okay. And we were just trying to explain it to some of our friends that happened to be over that night. I'll try to explain as best I can without sounding ridiculous. Do you play spy? I guess you just peep on people. Okay. But basically, we grew up next to a cemetery. And if you walked all the way around the cemetery, you could cross the railroad tracks at the end of the city park. The goal of the game 
was to make it from our house through the cemetery to the park, play around on the playscape they had, and make it all the way back home without the police catching us or telling us that we needed to go home because we were violating curfew. Ooh. Ooh. We convinced our dad to go along with us one night. Well, then it's not violating curfew. We went all out, dressed in black to make hiding easier should the cops decide to spotlight us in areas. You're with an adult, you're fine. We knew the area like the back of our hands because we grew up roaming them ever since we could walk. It was one of those summer months. I honestly couldn't tell you which one, but I would guess it's July. That fits the timeline better. We'd made it through the cemetery into the park, which was amazing considering we had a decent amount of people with us this particular night. It was myself, my sister, my dad, my girlfriend at the time, my cousin, and a friend of mine from high school. We organized a game of hide-and-seek and had been playing for around half an hour when something happened that I really have never been able to explain, and I'm not the only one who saw it happen. I wasn't seeking. I believe it was my dad, but the memory is hazy. My sister thinks that it was my dad as well, but we can't confirm that because of what happened during this one round. I was hiding, tucked up under one of the higher levels of the playscape, and noticed someone hiding underneath the trampoline bridge. I'm not sure if that's what it's actually called, but it's a piece of rubber that stretches across two wooden platforms that offers no real bouncing, but offers a fun way to cross. I thought it was my cousin. She was just lying there, scratching on the bottom of the piece of rubber really slow and weird, and it was making a nasty scraping sound that was sure to give her away, and likely give me away as well. I told her to knock it off, and she just ignored me. I remembered thinking that her hands looked really big and long and weird, but attributed to the darkness and weird shadows. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really see anything but the silhouette of her laying there. It was dark, and there weren't any lights over the park in the playscape area. I couldn't hear whoever was seeking, finding everyone else, including hearing my cousin scream when she was found on the other side of me, away from where I thought she'd been hiding. I started to realize that I was the only one left that hadn't been found and I couldn't hear everyone else talking and I could hear everyone else talking, but the person under the rubber bridge hadn't been found yet because the seeker hadn't been over where I was hiding yet. I came to the slow, horrible realization that whoever was underneath and scratching at the rubber was a complete stranger. When I looked back at where they had been lying at the wood chips just scratching, they were gone and I got scared enough that I even got out of my spot and gave up on the game. I remember that it was my dad seeking for sure now, because he said, I thought you were hiding underneath the rubber bridge, but when I circled back, you were gone. Well, as it turns out, all of us had at one point seen whoever or whatever this thing was while we were trying to find our hiding places, because we all described it the same way. Hmm. Just a weird silhouette, scratching at the underside of the rubber bridge. Nobody had gotten a better look at it, but it was just something that we all saw. This was probably close to 18 years ago now at this point, but we all still bring it up and talk about it often. That particular group of friends saw a lot of weird things and experienced a hell of a lot of crazy events together. We're all adults with our own lives, and some of us had falling outs at some point, but I'll never forget those couple of summers when everything just felt great in spite of experiencing some fairly scary things together. What do we think of that one? That one sounds believable. It sounds like it could be believable. Some of the writing was poor, and I uh, paraphrased and rewrote quickly on the spot to make it make sense, but it was a good story. That yeah. one's creepy. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that one. That was a real story. Da-ding. Da-ding. 
All right. So the next one is called Random Encounter in Cornfield. Great. Nicole has a fear of cornfields. I hate cornfields. I was moving and driving cross country in my car, which was an old Mercedes with three wheels in the grave. (laughs) What? This car was falling apart. Falling apart? It had three wheels in the grave. I love that gas guzzler. I was a young lady in my mid-20s traveling from Arizona to Washington. It's been about 13 years now, so I can't really remember which state I was in at the time. On my second night, I decided to pull off the highway and settle next to a cornfield. Big fucking mistake. About an hour after shutting my eyes, I hear a knock at the window. A man was standing outside of my window with a light shining in my eyes. I assumed it was a cop and went to crack my window. I've never been more grateful to have delayed a crank in my life. <laughs> I don't like the way that was worded. Yeah, me either. It sounds like they're jerking off. Right, kind of. I've never been more grateful to have delayed a crank in my life. Yeah, I think they were about to jerk off. As I gave it a, f- <laughs> as I gave it a full turn, the window only moved slightly. But I stopped when I realized the man next to my, min- my window was trying to get his fingers through. Startled by this behavior and fully awake now, I put my hand up to block the light. I was surprised to see a young man in a blue jean jacket. It was not a cop. I asked him what he wanted through the still- Could have been a Mountie in a Canadian tuxedo. I have no idea. I asked him what he wanted through the still closed window. He turned his head to the side, looking behind my car at something. I looked in the rear view and didn't see anything. It was too dark. He pounded on my window, making me jump. He lowered the light so I could see him gesture. He wanted me to roll the window down. Now I could see more of him, and I saw that he had a leather farmhand glove. He was blonde with stringy locks, rugged looks of a hand outdoors man. I assumed that I had parked on the land, and now he was chasing me off. Do you want me to go? I shouted. He shook his head no and gestured for me to roll down the window again. I was confused at this point. Why wasn't he talking? And why does he want the window down so badly? Maybe he was hard of hearing? As dense as I was at that age, I learned not to trust men when I was alone. I shook my head back, no, and gestured to go. At this, he smiled with crooked stained teeth and looked back at my car again. This time, I screamed and he started hitting my window with the flashlight while frantically trying to open my locked door. I turned the key and my car roared to life. Something hit the back of my car that made the rear bounce. I looked back to see three other figures highlighted by the red brake lights. I had enough to peel out and look back to see the blonde do a cartoonish, odd damn gesture. I hit the highway and didn't stop until I was surrounded by traffic. When I pulled off, I went to check to see the damage. There was a little dent between my bumper and the trunk that was, and that was it. I chalked it up to locals scaring the out-of-towner. I was scared, and it was so random, and no house was inside of that field. When I took my... F- when I told my friend, he said that they might have been trying to pop the trunk, but since my car was an old tank, it stayed shut. Either way, I've always locked my doors when I'm, I, when I'm in my car for any reason. That one I could believe. Yeah, that person just almost got abducted. That's uh, uh, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, you just like yeah. they're just trying to pop it, pop the trunk, probably to get in through the back seat and take you and take your yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you don't crank one out in a cornfield, even though I think they were trying to nap. Is what this story was. I mean, she was, yeah, she was trying to nap. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Because you were talking about cranking at the beginning, I completely lost track. And uh, that's all I was thinking the whole time. Just cranking. Cranking, cranking. Yeah, believable. She was getting messed with. 
This one's called A Story Nobody Believes. Oh, great. Can't wait. This happened like 15 years ago. It was a school holiday and my friends, we'll call her Sarah, and I were extremely bored and just wanted to chill. This was summertime, but we lived in a small town in Texas. Everything kind of spread out. Anyways, it was around midnight and we didn't know where to go. So we just decided to go to the park. It's a little big. We were there for about an hour or so. Nothing unusual. Until we saw something or someone crouched on a table. First off, a little weird. Someone else being in the same park at that time. But what's creepy as fuck is that this person was crouching on top of a fucking table. He wasn't even sitting on the bench. What really fucked me up was, a lot of swearing here, because I didn't look away, I kept looking closer, I noticed that there were wings. The body was completely human, but he had fucking wings. The part that I'll never forget, all of a sudden, the most blood-curdling scream, like a woman being stabbed to death. Ah! But it's... <laughs> But nice. it sounded like an unhuman woman at the same time. Ah! Mm. Like a scream that a normal person doesn't do, but a scream animals can't even make. Almost like those screams in a movie that a demon or something makes. Rah! Then it just stands up. That was a good one. Thank you. Then it just stands up, and this fucker has to be eight feet tall, minimum. Jeepers creepers. Yeah, it just sounds like a, or a mothman. Maybe you have a mothman. We both ran as fast as we could. Have you ever run to your lungs max capacity? I ran until I had no air left in my lungs, and I kept running until I had to slow down because I was coughing too much. We knocked on people's doors and kept getting threatened that they have guns and will shoot us if we don't leave. <laughs> okay. That's, that's like worse, yeah. worst case scenario. Bummer. We were literally locked outside with this thing. I kept looking into the sky. Because this reminded me of Jeepers Creepers, the movie. Yep. There you go. After maybe 20 minutes, the police show up and, of course, think we're on drugs. <laughs> but wanted to let us go. I'm sorry. This is kind of believable. I'm liking this funny, one so yeah. far. I walked the rest of the way because I lived a few blocks. The police drove my friend home. There was a white cop and a Mexican cop. <laughs> when the Mexican cop... I think we're going to get some culture in here. When the Mexican cop heard the story, he pretended like... He, like it's just made up. But the look on his face said he knows something about this thing that nobody knows. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're inferring mm -hmm. a lot. Okay. I have PTSD now and hate going outside alone at night, especially near parks or the woods. Weird people don't really scare cops. Animals don't really scare cops. But you know what's something that's much worse if a cop lies and can't keep a straight face because of fear. Damn. Like I said, it's a story that happened. And I remember clear as day, but a story nobody believes. I believe it. I kind of don't. No? <laughs> Do I believe in cryptids? Maybe the Mothman. Maybe some Jeepers Creepers. Maybe they saw... Uh, he swore a lot. You know, it did. It was written just like an average dude, kind of. Yeah. But it felt written, kind of. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I believe this one. I believe it. Let's ask the, the people out there. Do you believe in winged creatures? The Mothman? Jeepers Creepers. A Jeepers Creepers creature, if, if you will. Scary. This one's titled A Strange Experience I Had a Few Months Ago. I'm not sure what this would fall under, but it definitely was the strangest experience I've had in years. I work night shift at a warehouse. Won't say which since it's not important to the story, only that it was... Okay, should have left it there then. 
Sorry. <laughs> I worked night shift at a warehouse. I won't say which since it's not important to the story, only that I was coming home at around 3 a.m. Now I'm out in the country where my home is in the hills and it's about a half mile to the main road. About halfway up, a nice smooth road turns to dirt. As my wheels hit the dirt, I feel eyes watching me almost immediately. Which I normally wouldn't care because it's normal to see wildlife watching me come up the road. Only as I got to my normal parking spot, I grabbed my pocket knife, I keep it in the glove box, and I stepped out. My eyes immediately turned to the direction of a dark patch in the woods on the other side of the road. Something told me to look there, and I held my knife up calmly, saying, I know you're there. As the words left my lips, the world went dead quiet, which is very strange as there is a waterfall maybe five to six hundred feet away from me, and I could always hear it when I come home, even if it went silent. It stayed like this for a good ten seconds before the sound returned and I heard something running away from me. I just kept my knife to my side and walked like I normally would to the house, as I felt like running would have been a bad idea. As I got in, I saw the dogs that normally greeted me weren't anywhere in sight. They were in the living room, both looking out the window in the same direction I felt the gaze and from. I didn't say anything to my fiance as she was asleep and she doesn't have a belief in the paranormal as I do coming from my Mapuche heritage. It's a South American Indian tribe. I grew up on stories from my dad and I had heard the Native American stories of the Wendigo, skinwalkers and other spirit creatures, but since that night i've never felt the same presence no idea what it could have been but i just know it wasn't a deer like i'd normally see around my home hmm. believable yeah i don't want to say the name but i'm scared of that creature i'm not a big fan of the skinwalker so i'm gonna say that could have been something creepy in the woods it could be i'm gonna believe that one okay traumatizing night shift Ugh, love night shifts uh, do you uh, I you know when I used to be a a night gal, a lady of the night, mm-hmm. uh, a prostitute. No, you know what I mean. When I used to work third shift, it was kind of nice. I can imagine, kind of. But uh, you also it, didn't see any sunlight, had a vitamin D deficiency, and were sick all the time. That's me, baby. <laughs> Traumatizing night shift. This is probably the creepiest, most unexplainable thing that has ever happened to me. I used to work overnight as a security guard at a local port. Usually none of the port workers would stay overnight except for the safety official. I wouldn't be on the shift alone since the site has a radius of nearly two miles. Overnight usually there would be three guards including me. Since the area was fairly big, there were different posts but front gate was the main entrance area where all the guards would be stationed overnight since there was no need to put them in other areas due to the fact that there was no activity in the site at the time. The veteran guards that have been there for years would would often say that the site was haunted, given the fact that there have been accidents and deaths that occurred in the area for a long time. I was aware that people died there due to freak accidents, and I do believe in angels and demons since I'm actually a religious person, but I always thought that the superiors were just messing around with the new guys. I would work five to six nights out of the week, and for the first few weeks, I never really saw or heard anything out of the ordinary except for maybe a few questionable creaks and would see misplaced objects while doing my patrol rounds, but nothing too crazy. Just to describe the setting to you, this is a fairly big site, and on occasions when there were big projects being constructed at the port, the workers would sometimes stay overnight. 
due to the fact that there were times where port workers were required to stay at the port for a few days. There's a gym on the site for their convenience. This gym is fairly old. In the gym, there's a sauna, weights, and even a racquetball court. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, not too bad. If you don't know what racquetball court is, it's similar to indoor tennis court with thin plastered walls and thick glass doors. Mm-hmm. Usually on our patrol rounds, me and one of the guards, Mike, would stop by the gym and play a few rounds of racquetball before returning to the front gate. Nice. On one of those nights, me and Mike decided to hit a full workout instead of playing racquetball in the cage. This is around 2.30 a.m., and the entire building is so quiet that you can hear the electricity running through the lights. The air conditioner is off, and so is everything else. The only thing that's running are the lights. 15 to 20 minutes into the workout, we hear a loud thump. We crossed it off as nothing. Your security, go check it out. (laughs) What are you guys doing? We crossed it off as nothing and continued continued working out. (laughs) Then after a few more minutes... Yeah, so you guys are better at your job. Then after a few more minutes, we heard the loud thump once more. At first, we thought it was just our lieutenant, which could have been, which could have been walking around. And then we radioed him, and he gave us his location, which was front gate. We tried thinking logically on what could be making those thumps on the wall. They were coming from the court on the other side. We thought it was the air conditioner, but then we remembered that it was off, and even when it switched on during the day... There's no reports of thumps coming out of the air conditioner. Mm-hmm. After a few more minutes, the thumps started occurring one right after another. We were very creeped out at this point, but what we were about to witness still scares the absolute shit out of me to this day. We started to approach the other side of the gym to where the glass door was. We turned, we turned on the flashlight and aimed it towards the clear glass door, and I got chills all over my body and started tearing so much out of fear that I was about to cry. We saw one of the balls rolling slowly by itself inside the court, but there was no one in there. So that means the loud thumps were the balls mysteriously being tossed against the wall as if something was playing inside the cage. We were both so confused and frightened on how this was really happening. We couldn't make sense of any of it. We were scared shitless and we started yelling and running away because we knew that this was probably something evil toying with us right there. Your security guards, it is 100% your job to at least, you know, stick around and see if someone was just playing racquetball in there. As we sprinted full speed back to the front gate, the lieutenant saw us and asked why we were tearing and running in a ridiculous manner. We told him what we witnessed and his facial expression scared us even more. He then said, that's why there's always guards that quit often. There's something evil in that area. And it's not the first time that something bad has happened here. He then showed us security footage of dark figures and shadows literally passing through the office areas and lights mysteriously switching on and off. Till this day, I still get chills recounting my experiences with my friends and family. And I'm even getting chills right now as I'm typing this. I've never had a real encounter with the supernatural until that night. Many say that it was demonic because it was messing around. Others say it was a ghost of a dead person who died in the area. I don't know what it was, but I didn't last long in the job after that. There were other experiences, but I'll send it another time. I can believe it. Yeah, this one seems real. Yeah. It seems genuine. Uh, It doesn't seem overly scary. Didn't swear too much. Didn't try to be too funny. Yeah. I think this guy had a fun experience on a security job. Okay, this one's called True Home Alone Horror. I think that already is kind of a horror, but go ahead. Yeah. 
This is quite a mystery, still to this day. I do not know what exactly happened. This took place about 15 years ago. I still remember every detail as if I was still living in the moment. At the time, I was the second oldest of five with a wonderful dog named Princess Leia. Rest in peace. My sister being 12 and I being 10. My parents left to go meet up with friends. My other brothers and sisters were gone, staying at different places. My sister and I were the only ones in the house. We lived in a small, safe town. At least when we were younger, we believed that. My sister's name was Brooke, and we always had a lot of fun when it was just the two of us. We were in dance classes and enjoyed them so much we'd practice or come up with new dances while blaring music throughout the house. We must have been doing that for an hour when our dogs when our dog started to bark at our back door. We couldn't see Leia and we couldn't see the back door. My sister started feeling creeped out, trying to get our dog to stop. Finally, paused the music. We both yelled at Leia to stop and to come back to us, and we moved so we could see her. She was still locked at the back door, barking so viciously. We never heard her bark that way before. My sister convinced me to go get her. As I turned the corner, I froze. I looked at Brooke still in her eyesight and I started to cry the back door was open she screamed oh my god oh my god like that sure thanks she grabbed her phone that was sitting next to the computer she tried to get Leia and headed to the bathroom she wouldn't stop barking I couldn't get her to budge so we left her we ran to the bathroom this tiny half bath we locked the door crying at each other thinking what are we going to do I told her we should climb on the built-in sink where if someone would shoot through the door, we wouldn't get hit. Our mother watches a lot of crime TV, so we climbed on the counter and she called my mom. Had to have called at least 10 times with no answer. She finally stopped and called our grandmother. She lived in the next town over. We told her that someone was in the house and that she needed to come and get us right away and we couldn't get a hold of our mother. My grandmother's response, and I still can't believe today, this is ridiculous. You guys are fine. Call your mom. And then hangs up on us. What, what? the fuck? That's a bad grandma. Call the cops. Someone's in that. They said someone's in the house. Right. She said, this is ridiculous. You guys are fine. Call your mom. And then hangs up on us. We were terrified. We had no one to come and save us. Then my dog, Leia, stops. She comes to the bathroom door and starts whimpering. I wanted to open the door and make sure she was okay and let her in, but my sister didn't let me. Probably for the best. I then, as Leia was in front of the door, could see a shadow around her from under the door and slowly walk up the stairs, which shared a wall with the bathroom. We heard someone walk up about five steps, one creak in the floorboard at a time. We got super quiet and tried calling our mom again. Leia then stopped whimpering. All the creaks were gone, and there was silence. Well, if it's upstairs, let the dog in. I then told Brooke that we might have to get out of there. She was terrified that there might have been more than one person, and that we had we just had to wait. I picked up a hairdryer and gave her a metal bar that hangs the towels in the bathroom. I looked at her and said we had to at least try. She swung the door of the bathroom. She swung open the bathroom door and came out waving. <laughs> Came out waving the pole? No. She said she swung the bathroom door 
She swung open the bathroom door and I came out waving the hairdryer. <laughs> I went straight, realizing I didn't see anyone and turning around to see if anyone was on the stairs. No one. She stayed in the bathroom until I turned the corner to see that the back door that was initially left open was now closed. I got scared again. We knew we heard someone go upstairs. Brooke somehow convinced me to go upstairs and check. I took Leia. She went by the front door for my cue to run out. We didn't know where they were. They couldn't have went back outside. She didn't want to go alone. She sat by the door, one hand on the lock, and I called Leia to follow me. There's a flat part at the top, and when you turn, there's a few more stairs until you get to the second floor. So landing, basically, is what she's describing. Yep. When we go to the top part, Leia ran ahead of me. She ran to my brother's room, which was on the right side, just a few feet from me. She started barking again, zeroing in on whatever was in that room. My stomach dropped. We found them. I yelled for Leia once again, crying. I tell her to stop, and we ran down the stairs together while yelling, Brooke, open the door now! As soon as she seen me coming, she swung the door open, and I... She swung that door and ran out the front door. As we were running, we seen my mother's car. We followed it back to the house. We didn't use the garage, but they parked in front of it, all the way to the back of the house. We followed it all the way back, and they were out by the time we caught up to it. Jesus. We were crying and trying to tell them what had happened. Our dad reassured it, reassured that it was all in our head. We refused to Why go. Why is no one believing there, that there's someone in the house? <laughs> we refused to go inside until he had checked it out. He said we would all check it out together. We walked in through the back door that we had already closed again. We walked through the kitchen, through the dining room, into the living room where the front door was and seen the front door shut. We looked at each other, puzzled, knowing that neither of us shut the door behind us. We told them, when you pulled in, the door was open. Didn't you see? They shook it off and said they didn't pay attention. I told my dad to look in my brother's room, just in case all of them were gone. He said he looked in every room, under everything, in everything, and there was nothing. Brooke and I knew someone was in our home. What would have happened if we would have went into the kitchen to shut the door? Or if I had opened the bathroom door and let Leia in like I wanted? Or if I went in my, into my brother's room to see who Leia had cornered and couldn't stop barking at? I will never know. Some days I wish I would have just to see who was there or what it was. Other days, I'm thankful I never did. We don't know what could have happened to us. I know we're lucky to make it out that night. That's fucked. Uh, bad parents, bad grandparents, kind of, but that one seems believable to me. Yeah, I could Creepy. believe it too, but that's wild. What do we think? Do we think that was an actual physical intruder or are we thinking spirits ghosts on that one? I don't know. It sounds like it could have been an actual intruder to be quite yeah, honest. I'm thinking someone was in their house and no one gave a shit. Um, I did have a spooky experience like that once, not quite that. When you were back home with your parents? No, 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 no. This was the first house after I moved out. I was on the third floor of a house I owned with some dudes, mm-hmm. not owned, rented, Yeah. but I heard, I knew I was home alone. It was, I think, leading up to the holidays and everyone had already left. And I heard 
someone open the basement door and just start walking up the like the staircase going all the way up to the third floor. Oh, this is when you lived on the coach house, right? Yeah, well we had well there was just uh, our dog at the time was barking its head off at the top of the stairs and when the noise got to the top it just stopped. So I grabbed the dog and shut my door and we just hid there the rest of the night and I had to pee so bad. <laughs> so scary. Did right. you call your roommates multiple times and they're like, Cameron, you're fine. No, this I, is ridiculous. No, I just turned on a movie and then tried to pass out as quick as possible. Oh. Uh, a couple more here for you. True Uber driver horror story. A couple of years ago, I went to the capital of my city for the first time with a couple people. Mm-hmm. It was my best friend's birthday and hating small town living. She just wanted to enjoy the city for the weekend. My boyfriend at the time and I ended up leaving the group to meet with one of his friends that lived there. Let's call him John. We made plans to go meet up with everyone later for sushi that night. We were going to take a taxi when John John suggested that we take an Uber. I'm socially awkward and and don't say much, so I usually make a point to sit in the back of cabs. But for some reason, I decided to sit up front with him while the guys were in the back. John tried to get a conversation going with the Uber driver but he just answered with yes and no and seemed annoyed by the questions he was asking. Me, on the other hand, he kept trying to have a conversation with. He kept asking where I was from and if this was my first time in the city. Hmm. This guy had this weird vibe to him that just gave me the creeps. A vibe I found out I was right about when one of John's questions spiked his interest. He asked if the driver had anyone leave without trying to pay. The driver's mood changed quite noticeably from annoyed and talking to me to complete excitement and screaming to the whole car. He started going on and on about how if someone didn't pay him, he'd know exactly what he'd do to them. Without anyone saying another word, he started to tell us exactly what. What? He he told us that he would cut them into pieces and put them in one of the Great Lakes. He went on telling us that there's always body parts coming out of there and no one can ever find out who the person is. He was saying he can't wait until it happens. He was going into serious details about it, saying that if someone tried, he knew where they lived. When he said that, he looked at me and winked. I didn't know what to do or say, so I just looked out the window and continued talking. He talked about it for the whole ride to the restaurant, but luckily we were only a couple minutes away when he started to go on about murdering people. Mm. I didn't say an... I didn't say another word, and neither did John or my boyfriend. We were all just like, what the fuck, when we left and didn't, talk, and didn't talk much about it afterwards. I was scared staying at John's that night, but didn't tell, but didn't bring it up since no one else did. The creepiest part isn't even that he was telling us his thought-out plan to get away with murder, but that he was so happy and excited talking about it and talked about it with such detail, like it was something that he thought about all the time. Like he said, he was waiting for it. Ooh, that's a creepy one. That's a good one. Yeah, that one's a good one. Warning out there for everyone. Make sure you let people know when you're getting into Ubers and stuff because you never know. Also, when before you get in an Uber, make sure the Uber driver says your name first before you saying like, hey. Yeah, make sure you're getting into the right car. Safety first, everybody. Especially yeah, around I would, the I would make sure that they say your name first. Do you remember that one kind of creepy uh, Uber ride we had? Might have been Lyft where we got in. It was silent the whole time, and then we like said one thing to him, and he just started ranting super fast and acting like all of a sudden, tw- all of a sudden we were like, "Oh, you're on speed, and you've been trying to be quiet this whole time." Do you remember that car ride? 
No, when was this? Oh, God. We were like, I can't exactly remember where we were going anymore, but it was just you and me talking in the back. And then we were like, rough night or it was like long, slow night or something. And then he went. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah. Then he started talking a mile a minute and then even saying things like, oh, am I probably freaking you guys out? And we're like, ah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind, kind of, bro. <laughs> and then I was about to be like, just let us out of your fucking cab because I think you might murder us. Yeah. I remember during that Uber ride, I had like just my hands kind of up defensively <laughs> in case like, I don't know, he did something. That was a creepy ride. Yeah. Girl by the beach. Ooh. I'm not a really big believer of ghosts or anything superstitious, but I was about 10 years old when this happened. I was on vacation with my family and relatives. I am from the Philippines and a lot of old folks have some creepy superstitious beliefs in this country. But anyway, my cousin and I decided to walk around the beach it was quiet and very calming, especially at night. The beach resort had a very strict rule not to swim at the beach at night because for the safety of their yeah, guests, makes sense. since yeah. there wasn't any lifeguards around past 6 p.m. But one thing that bothered me when my mom was talking to the owner of the small beach resort we stayed in, she looked a bit agitated when talking to my mom. I overheard their conversation and she was telling my mom that there's something bad about to happen. At first, I thought... Wow, that's one way to keep your guests from coming. But later that night, there was another family coming to spend their vacation while checking in. I saw that the other kid was already running around and excited to swim. Well, it was already 5 p.m. and my mom asked me and my cousins to take a shower and prepare for dinner. So we did. After dinner, my cousin and I decided to walk around and look for starfishes that had washed up on the shore. But there was this bridge leading to the ocean. It kind of looks like a pier, but empty I don't know. As we were walking under it, my cousin froze and swore she was staring at a faceless little girl. At first, I thought she was bullshitting, but she swore that the girl was there sitting alone at 8 p.m. under the bridge pier or whatever. I got a little creeped out, so I walked to the back. I walked back to the resort we were staying in. As we were walking back to the resort, we saw a bunch of people diving in the water, and it looked like they were just swimming. I was talking to my cousin about what she saw, and I suddenly remembered that the resort doesn't allow guests to swim past 6 p.m. The closer we got to the resort, the more we can hear the other family yelling for help. My mom and my aunt saw us and ran towards for a hug. My cousin and I were both confused, and we asked her moms what had happened. They were just thankful we were safe. But she explained to us that there were three kids that went missing, apparently the other kid that belongs to the other family at the resort. They found one kid that drowned. Luckily, he survived. The other two was still missing until the next morning when they reportedly were found dead across the island at the resort. When we told our moms about what my cousin saw the night before and told us that the owner of their resort was telling her about a young girl who had died when she fell from her dad's small boat and got her face shredded by the propeller. Jesus. Mm. It's been said that the little girl... It's been said that the little girl that my cousin saw has been taking children's lives every year of her every year of her death anniversary. I'm 20 now and me and my cousin had stopped talking to each other after that vacation. She just suddenly changed and always picked fights with me whenever there was a family gathering. Well, fuck her. Jesus. I'm going to say bullshit on that one. Yeah. Seems made up. Kind of. Yeah, I don't think I believe that one. No, that one seems a little fishy, although it was written fine, it seemed. Yeah. It was written better than the other ones, that's for sure. Okay. At least the ones that I've read. One more for you. And from the title, this one seems the least believable to me. We contacted a demon through an app. This happened a few years ago at my friend's apartment that we both know was haunted. We decided if we could contact anything through an app, 
some of my favorite paranormal investigators used on YouTube. I've always been skeptical about spirits communicating through phones and apps, so we didn't think much would happen. Mm -hmm. So we started talking through the app, and at first nothing happened. We would get responses, but nothing substantial or even relevant. That was until the last session that made me delete the app. I should preface, me and my friends are both Christian, but we do love the paranormal as we both had experiences that we can't deny. On the app we were using, it gave levels of the spirits. Level 1 was light, level 2 was medium, and level 3 was negative, high entity. On the last session, it was on level 3, and it started off with random, non-relevant responses, and my friend said, let's just turn it off. And what came through the app was, girls? Hmm. We both stopped and just looked at each other. So we continued for a while and continued to get pretty accurate responses. Ferocity, ceiling, suburban, female. And then it took a turn for the worse. It said, beast. I couldn't make out what it said at first, but I asked it to repeat itself and it said, demon. At this point, I felt sick and my head was pounding. I told it to leave if it wasn't of light and love. God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. It told me, no. Hmm. I repeated what I said and it left. My friend and I left the apartment with her dog and went on a walk for a good hour. When we got back to the apartment, I felt like we were being watched and the blinds moved. She turned the air off when we left and her husband was at work, but it looked like someone was peeping through the blinds waiting for us to get home. Hmm. She looked at me and told me she had a pounding headache. The same as me. When we stepped into the apartment, the air was heavy and I felt sick like I was going to keel over. We walked around the apartment, praying for about 20 minutes when the air lifted and it felt a thousand times lighter. That night, however, I experienced sleep paralysis for the first time. I could move slightly, but not much. I didn't see anything, but it was like the entire apartment was vibrating. I could see it and feel it. I also heard growling in my ear. I don't know how long it lasted, but everything subsided after a while. I went into a panic attack. That was the one and only time I experienced something like that. I deleted the app and haven't used it since. I now firmly believe that they can manipulate phones. But that was the most terrifying experience that I've ever had. I told my mom about it and the only thing she said, within the headaches, it could have been trying to possess you. If you're doing any investigations, just be careful. I still have the recording, but I haven't listened to it since that day. All I can say is if you're doing any type of investigation, be careful because you never know what you're going to experience or encounter. Mm. Do you believe you can contact a spirit through an app? Sure. You can contact a spirit through a spirit box. Okay. I guess technically if we're thinking they do use energy, all those yeah, things are just... I would, I, yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to think theoretically, yes, but at the same time, through an app specifically, I want to say no. You don't believe it? Not that I don't believe their experience, but I just don't maybe believe in apps in general helping you to contact things. Okay. I don't know. Well, should we call it there for this episode of Reddit Real or Not? Yeah. We could leave the rest for a part two because yeah. 
There's a lot of stories. Yeah, don't worry. We found some good stories for you. Or at least we found some stories for you. We found them. So we're going to wrap it up here today, but thanks for listening to Reddit Real or Not, part whatever time we've done this. This is at least our second. I think this is the second. Thanks for listening to our spooky stories. And if you like what you heard, make sure you like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Make sure to rate and review. That would help us greatly. Yeah. If you want to hear more content, you can check out the whole Majestic Jam Network, Cult Classics Podcast, and Urban Hermit. And until then, we'll see you on the next one. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye.